Welcome back to the Worldview Minute. I'm Pastor Levi Secord. We're going to return to some lies from the world today, especially as the world tries to place our identity, our primary idea of who we are as individuals in our sexual proclivities, as it were. In the Christian worldview, you are not what you are attracted to. That is not where you find your definition. You find your definition, as we went through in the identity series, in being made in God's image, being renewed uh, in Christ's image. But I want to talk about two actually contradictory arguments that the sexual revolution has put forward in recent memory to really push that ball forward as to what they believe is progress, but is really regression. And the first is this, born this way. Born this way, it was in songs, it was uh, the battering ram for the homosexual movement and the gay marriage movement. And one of the slogans, this slogan was used in such a way as, I can't have been born wrong. I was born with a proclivity to be attracted to the same sex that I was born. And despite their, their, despite that being put forward, and lots of money being spent on scientific re research to that end, um, Douglas Murray points out in his book, The Madness of the Crowds, Gender, Race, and Identity, that there has been no evidence, not even a shred of evidence, that can point to actually a person being born gay. It's not the way uh, the world works. But let's just say for a moment that it is. If you were born with a proclivity to something, does that make it morally praiseworthy? If I was born with a proclivity to murder, or to steal, or to rape, or to pedophilia, Pedophiles are starting to make this, this same argument. Would that justify my action? Now, I want to be clear here. I'm not equating these as all being of the same moral weight or wrongness, but rather asking the question, does being born a certain way make it okay? No. And biblically speaking, we realize that the natural order that God has established is good. We declare that to be good, male and female, good. But that the fall, or because of entry of sin, that this creation has been cursed. And so now natural, and the Bible can even be referred to as fleshly, can be corrupted and sinful in our very nature. The Bible teaches us that we are all born sinful, with sinful inclinations. You may have a sinful inclination in that way, and I might have it in this way. But being born with that inclination does not make the inclination right or correct or praiseworthy. This should be obvious, but I want you to think about this very carefully. Born this way was the argument not even a decade ago or about a decade ago uh, to push forward the homosexual agenda. Now we have the exact opposite argument to advance transgenderism. I can determine myself. My biology doesn't matter. The way I was born does not matter. It undermines the argument right uh, from the outset. Instead of conforming to your biology and how you were born, people seek to change that through hormone treatment, genital mutilation, even of minors. And this comes from the view that the true self is not physical, but it is mental, it is internal, and that can dictate and should be imposed upon the physical, that you get to create reality with how you interact with reality. And this is all that, all this is, is a fancy way of saying being a way to deny reality. And what do we call people who are insane or crazy? Those who don't know what is real and what isn't. And so. The transgender ideology is really a certain level of, as Murray would put it, a madness of the crowds. It's crazy. It's a denial of reality. And in this, having your identity rooted in your sex, uh, some argue that these identities are then fixed. And even in some of these movements, they, they, they can be fluid. You can be fluid one day, you feel this way, one day you feel the other. 
But it's put forward that, well, and some in, our ch- or in the church has put forward that, well, you shouldn't act out sinfully. You can still take on the identifier that I'm a gay Christian or that you're a gay Christian. You may need to be celibate, but you can still have that as a part of your identity, right? This is part of the mixed up way in which we're looking at things. And it's into this reality that we really need to hear the truths of the gospel and how the gospel transforms the lies of the world, specifically 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to read to you verses 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. I want you to see this. These sexual problems are in a lot of ways not new. Sometimes people will tell you that the ancient world didn't know homosexuality like we know it today. That's categorically not, not true. All right, Nero got married to a man twice, once where he took the place of the wife and once where the other man did. Homosexual practice in the ancient Roman Empire was was everywhere. Um, Paul, as an educated man, would have been very, very aware of this. And we read here that the early church in Corinth had people like this, who used to be that way. And, but this is, this is what we need to see here. First, God offers forgiveness for sexual sin. We talked about how damaging sexual sin can be, and, 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 it, and it is. But the gospel is more powerful than our sin. God offers forgiveness. Such were some of you, but you have been washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. All the sin of a Christian is forgiven when they repent and believe in Christ. There is no sin that will keep us out. All sins, apart from Christ, will damn us to eternal punishment. All forms of sexual sin are wrong. Promiscuity, Adultery, homosexuality, transgenderism, pornography, all of those things are damnable if not repented of. But if you repent of this and believe in Christ, you will be washed and sanctified and justified. There, are, there is no condemnation left for those who are in Christ. This is the power of the gospel. The world lies to us. You can know the truth. God has spoken to us in his word and you can be washed clean, renewed, and then also transformed. I mean. Note what Paul says here. Such were some of you. That used to be who you are. You're not that anymore. The striking part of Paul's language here is that enlisting all of these sins from being a thief to a drunk to being homosexual, he says, that's in your past. You are no longer that. You have entered new realities. You have a new identity in Christ. If you're picking up here in the middle of the series, really, it's meant to be listened to or watched from beginning to end, but you really have to hear that identity series to get what I'm talking about here. You have new realities in Christ. There is no such thing as a gay Christian, just as there is no such thing as a thief Christian, or a murderer Christian, or a pedophile Christian. Those things are not your identity. The gospel washes you clean. The gospel makes you a new person 
with a new identity. It is more powerful than your sin. The blood of Christ redeems and transforms us, and we are then indwelt by the Holy Spirit so that we might put off our old ways of life and walk in newness of life. Christ is stronger than our broken and sinful sexual past. And that is the good news of the gospel. With all the lies the world spits out there about sexuality, the Bible speaks clearly, it speaks straightforwardly, it speaks in unison on these issues, and then it offers hope for sinners like us. Christ died, Christ has risen, and Christ is coming back. This is the Christian worldview. It all centers on Christ and what he has done. And was created good, man has fallen in many ways, especially sexually. Christ is redeeming and reconciling all things unto himself by the blood of his cross. I thank you for listening. I encourage you to like, comment, and share. Follow us as we continue to unpack the Christian worldview one minute at a time.